Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Now stop beating your gums and sound the attack. All right, hello, 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 and welcome everyone to another episode of the We Got The Chocolates podcast. This will in fact be episode number 41. Uh, Welcome back, guys. I'm with Mitch and Haz, as per usual, as you've come to expect. How are you, boys? Good, mate. Hi, everyone. I'm also good. Haz in a different location tonight, actually, due to the social distancing that we are practicing. Uh, so, Haz, how are you feeling? Settling in? Yeah, yeah much safer now. I'm spread out. So. <laughs> <laughs> Outstanding. Uh, now, guys, you probably are wondering, obviously, what the song is. Oh, yeah. The techno? Uh, this is called Elevators Need Rock 2. Oh, okay. Elevator music. Oh, elevating yeah. music. Is that what you said? No, but no, okay. I think mine was, yeah, rock. mine was clever, yeah, obviously. Clever um, this was by Spence. Which leaves you in absolute suspense as well. It's two in a minute. Somebody stop him. What in the world is that? I really up? wish someone would, yeah. <laughs> I don't mind it, actually. It's good. This has easily been our best one for mine. Yeah. Lethal yeah, yeah, early yeah. votes for best yeah. on ground. <laughs> got a little bit of like modern. It's even got like some sort of voice of, in oh, there. Oh, yeah, there's lyrics. A bit of classical, a yeah. bit of modern. That's all right. I don't mind that. Well, get it in. Guys, remember that it is free, so um, <laughs> you should probably consider the free options before paying for one. <laughs> That's for sure. Okay, uh, what do we got today? Uh, there's plenty happening. Skin Stats is obviously back, and we have missed that. That is for sure. Yeah. We have a chat with a listener who has written into the show, and we also have a new, uh, what would you call it? A sort of a new contest, I guess, that we'd like to try and launch. Uh, so without further ado, let's get into it, please. Just a general catch-up here, guys. Um, I was wondering if uh, anyone knows how you are meant to use that sort of charcoal stuff on your teeth. Does anyone... Notice that my pearly whites uh, are looking slightly whiter. Yeah, well, last week they were looking yellow from the <laughs> alchemy turmeric <laughs> beverage that yeah, you were drinking. So still looking quite <laughs> yellow if yeah. you look closely. Oh, right. I right. find that cleaning my teeth each day normally and going yeah. to the dentist every six months helps. But no, has I, I obviously do do those things as no, well. But that's I, do. <laughs> I don't mind my bed, but I do brush my teeth. And you go to the dentist? Uh, what's that? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. How often are you meant to go? One every three years. Every six, six months. months. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, I haven't done that either. <laughs> oh, I'll just I'll go at the same time as I wash my bed sheets and we'll be fine. Yeah, okay. That That'll will work, work well. Um no, well I don't know, that charcoal thing you apparently is meant to make them water, but I'd scrubbed mm. it on yesterday and I feel like the whole thing just went black, which defeated the purpose, <laughs> I would have thought. So I haven't seen great improvements, but then my sister Bronny came around today and said that you're actually not meant to apply it like normal toothpaste. There is a slightly more technical way to put it on. Okay. Yeah, well, I can't say I've got any experience to tell you how to do it, but I saw you put it on yesterday, and I'm definitely thinking not like that. Not the way. Uh, yeah. It's okay. expensive stuff, is it? Uh, yeah, I couldn't say that I paid for it, which you'll be impressed by. Has. <laughs> <laughs> Smart. <laughs> That's right, exactly. Um, now, a couple of other guests in the studio tonight, obviously Ruby. Sleep in the background for those that are looking at the podcast. You will see her, I think, in one of the camera angles. And then huge news, Mitch, Eloise back. Oh, yeah, for she is. Probably, I don't know, out of the 41 episodes, I reckon she's been here for three, but yeah. claims to have been here uses for all 40. Yeah. <laughs> uses it as an excuse to not listen to our podcast. <laughs> Thank right. you, Eloise, she, for your support. She, this I, is listen, one. I listen to it live. Yeah, this is one she won't listen to, that's for sure, because she's listened to it live. Yeah. And that's not to mention that she she, runs she's come to it, our podcast and then... And stolen my computer. So, if anyone watching the podcast, I would 
am still operating on the same little Toshiba that I've always had, but <laughs> I have actually upgraded in the last week, but Eloise mm, has, has stolen But yeah, I've so. got a Brisbane Lion sticker on that one though, which is handy. Yeah, exactly. I had to get that in the shot, so <laughs> make sure we keep that one. Uh, all right, first story that I've got for you guys. Um, I, I wanted to call out exaggeration. Uh, here's here's an example that I have for you. I've sort of obviously I've been listening to a lot of people sort of say, "Oh, this is the best meal you'll ever have, or the best, I don't know, like the best game of footy that you'll ever watch, the best game of footy we've ever been involved in." Uh, and and I just feel like we sort of just oh, yeah. throw that around so much. It's not an overused sporting buzz phrase because it's used in so many elements of life. Uh, but I wanted to bring you bring your attention to one particular example where I feel like claiming that something is the best can really get you into trouble. Uh, India tour. Uh, 2019, April, uh, so roughly just over a year ago, uh, we were all having a great time. Obviously, Has you've been on the India tour as well. You know that we do eat a lot of curry. Correct, yes. <laughs> Featuring rice. <laughs> Thankfully, I love my definitely curry. Definitely curry. Yes. Yeah, you were fine with it. We had curry tonight, actually. Um, but yeah, we, we, we sort of ate plenty of curry, which we were fine with because it was delicious. Uh, we were probably on day seven. It was getting a little bit tedious, uh, but no whinging. Everyone... Everyone sort of hears stories about how sick you get when you go to India. We had no issues of that that fashion. Um, but then on the seventh night, the same restaurant that we'd been going to for the whole week, a uh, lady came up to us and said, guys, you've got to try my pizza. It's the greatest pizza in the world. We're in India. <laughs> wow. <laughs> greatest Greatest great. pizza in the world, okay. vegetarian pizza skin on. So, oh, great news. Uh, Probably was then. Still would add cheese on it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> great. Um, yep. So vegetarian pizza, greatest in the world. I sort of thought, well, I can't obviously turn that down. That's something I am going to have to eat. There was, uh, well, there was two people in our touring squad that did not try the pizza, which mm. I don't know how they didn't, obviously weren't tempted by the sort of exaggeration chat. Mm. Uh, I just heard the sort of greatest pizza of all time, and that was me, hook, line, and sinker. I've you, you wrapped in. Like, Leave India knowing that you let off that opportunity to take exactly. Well, that certainly I ever. thought that I was going to India for cricket, and if I go there and the bonus sort of gift is the greatest pizza of all time, that's something that was unexpected. So I had to take that opportunity. Uh, unfortunately, um, the opportunity probably cost me quite some hours of sleep that night as I was slammed against the toilet bowl for the, for the entire <laughs> evening. So I was sort of thinking at this stage, like, oh, that's just that's a shame. Like, obviously, just poor timing. India can get you. You can get sick from anywhere. Probably didn't sanitise enough. Similar to coronavirus, I guess, um, in that fashion. Uh, however, when I woke up the next morning, I obviously didn't go down to breakfast, uh, but the reports coming from breakfast were that three people from the 15 that we had touring had made it to breakfast <laughs> because the rest were absolutely destroyed and knocked out by... The, so we, we realised that the suspect was actually the pizza. There were, the one person that I know definitely did not get sick was Corey Hunter, uh, has who you obviously spent some time with in the Bulls squad. Yep. The reason that he did not get sick is because for the entire trip, for the 14 days, he ate only rice. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me, very <laughs> Uh, very serious about when he when he has an idea about something, he'll stick with it. That's for sure. Strong willed. Right. What would yeah. the idea be there though? Like, surely rice isn't enough to keep you going. No carbs. Yeah, yeah, right. Plenty yeah, right. right. of carbs. Plenty of carbs. Rice is across a lot of food groups. Is it? Oh, you, nope. don't. <laughs> you don't need more than just carbs. <laughs> you don't need it. No uh, nutrients, minerals, vitamins. Skinner has is a fake physio, and oh. you're asking him for dietary. Don't take his word; it's gospel. Probably not great for your long term, but. Okay. Um, any examples, guys, that you've had sort of that, that exaggeration? So I was summarised by saying I don't think that actually is the greatest pizza I've ever had. It tasted okay in fairness, uh, but probably not sort of at the expense yeah. <laughs> for what it could have came with. Yeah, right. Not great risk-reward ratio there. Um, yeah, no, to be honest, this has been in the show notes all afternoon. I still haven't thought of an example. I feel like people do say that all the time. Um, in heaps of heaps of sort of areas that this is going to be the greatest something but yeah I've, I've got nothing nothing springing yeah. to mind has of you got anything to work with oh, yeah. people love labeling something as the greatest yeah. especially at the moment looking through highlights and people posting videos of cricket innings or rugby oh, league yeah, matches yeah, they yeah, like to say that. it's the greatest yeah. uh, but i mean you hear a lot of people around the cricket cricket circles they go to training and you see their cricket bats and they go mate this is the best bat of all time this is the greatest bat i've ever picked up and then you pick it up and you think this feels terrible and you hit a couple of balls with it and you go this is the worst bat i've ever picked up how, how can you think this is a good cricket bat and then you give them one with a no-tox sticker on it has an unbelievable yeah. all of a sudden oh. out of the screws yeah, every kookaburra with a no-tox sticker on it yeah, just is that much better <laughs> and some new balance shoes as long as you're wearing them as well then we're yeah. fine yeah. <laughs> outstanding now how's you actually took me skating the other day 
Skateboarding, yeah. 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 Not ice right. skating. No, no. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> just to clarify Skate, for anyone yeah. out there. <laughs> yeah. No, skateboarding. Um, can I just get some general feedback on sort of, uh, did I surprise <laughs> you with my natural athleticism? What were you sort of thinking? Uh, you certainly didn't surprise me, but that's because you didn't perform very well at all. <laughs> um, so you had low expectations. Yeah, I had low expectations. It's, it was tough. We went down to the, the BMX track, the local BMX track, which is bitumen, a uh, bit of a pump track though. You don't have to push to keep going. You just pump down the, down the line on the hills and mm. it's tough work first up. It's, it's tough to get the hang of it. Uh, Mitch actually went down the other day as well, a few yeah, days yeah. before you, Lee. Mm. Um, yeah, he didn't find it too easy either, the first, first tryout. But, uh, yeah, it's no. very... Very good to hear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I reckon if you come down a few more times, both of you will get the hang of it. You'll start uh, yeah, feeling, mm. feeling why I go down every day. And, and yeah, okay. I'll tell you what, has it. my wrists, and you'll see the bark I've taken off me here, they still have not recovered. I've been in strife ever since. I, I felt hard a couple yeah. of times. Uh, I've lost a, I lost a bit of skin myself every now and then, trying for something I probably shouldn't. Oh, but you weren't trying for... For too much where you're just well, trying to get around. Trying to go to straight line. Just, <laughs> just get on the thing would have been handy. Has told me that I was actually standing too far forward after I'd fallen off three times. So uh, that okay. was quite nice uh, feedback. Worth I thought I'd let you have a bit of trial and error first. I feel a bit ripped off here because it sort of sounds like you've thrown me in the in the same sort of standard as lethal. Please tell me I had him. No, you were, I, you I were better. I think I think Mitch, you got about four laps in the yeah, end. I ended up going. Um, I think Lee might have got through one lap. Once, well, not maybe. a full lap, no, it was like a quarter of a lap. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> no, I, I go through halfway, and yeah. I just kept trying to beat it. I can't get any speed, it was piggish to watch. Yeah. That would have been bad. I don't yeah. think anyone was watching it either because it was pitch black. I think it was at the 17. Yeah, that also there. did not help, <laughs> I'll be honest. That was probably not ideal skating conditions. And one of your other loves in life has uh, surfing. You've got some news on that, I think. Yeah, well. In it also regards to skating, but in California, surfing's banned uh, in most beaches, and and skate parks are also closed. And in Australia, skate parks have been closed for a while as well, certain ones. And but over there, they've gone as far as to stop people using the skate park. They've covered the con- concrete in sand. So that is a great effort. Yeah, they've yeah, just right. brought in trucks, trucks full of sand, and, and tipped it over the skate park so people can't ride their skateboards on it. Jeez. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. I need beach cricket though. California, yeah. probably not that well known for its beach cricket. I'd take it that what there's no equivalent to trying to stop people from surfing, even though that's banned and people are still just out surfing or what? Nah, people oh, people get fined if they go out surfing, but oh, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah. But I'll tell you what, I'm reasonably confused and we're not hugely political here this podcast, but we tackle anything. I'm slightly confused by what we're allowed to do and what we aren't allowed to do. I know has is all over it, but I went to Wellington Point today. And there were, honestly, I don't think I'm exaggerating here with the greatest of all time type of chat. Oh, yeah. There were 4 million people. <laughs> four, four million people at <laughs> Wellington a, Point. It was a genuine lineup to get there. How like long the is that going to last? Stacked that can, up. I mean, people are starting to realise how good nature is and they're always going to be out yeah, there. Yeah, that's now, right. Yeah. <laughs> so everyone wants to, I was like, okay, so we still can't open, obviously, gyms and stuff, but. 19,000 people can walk to King Island at the same time. It seemed that's obviously a very niche chat for anyone that lives outside the Redlands. I apologize. I did, I did hear a good story of uh, back to the California surfing. There was a couple of guys who owned a boat and they thought it'd be a good idea. They could get in and get out pretty quickly without being fined. So they parked their boat out the back of uh, Trestles, uh, lower Trestles in uh, California, renowned surfing break there. And uh, early morning, so it was dark, parked their boat, paddled on, caught a few waves, and then they they were both paddling back out again and they saw their boat caught caught a wave in past them and had been tipped oh, over. Obviously, they hadn't parked it far enough out the back and a set wave had come through and knocked the anchor out and, and tipped oh, the boat over oh, and their boat man. washed up on the rocks. And <laughs> they, they, they both had their wallets and their phones and their iPads in the boat, lost all oh, of that, man. got fined oh, yeah. at the same time. So. <laughs> got a fine. Oh, perfect. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, just to cap well, it off. Okay. Uh, guys, I'm going to play the little sound effect here. After the jingle, we are going to chat to a listener of the show. Now, uh, Mitch, the next person that we are speaking to um, is uh, is actually just a listener of the show, really. You know how much we love to sort of get our listeners involved. And uh, you, you're probably going to take the reins a little bit on this one because this was an email that you spotted uh, from a particular listener that, that you wanted to get involved. We've actually got him on the line now. You uh, you can't hear him yet. I haven't faded him in. Right. But um, can you take the uh, listeners through what you saw in that email? Uh, yeah, so we've got we've got Tim on the line who sent in an email, I think, what, just in general discussion about some of Lethal's poor habits. Um, and apparently, uh, I understand he works with you as a teacher and, and let us know that you've gone to coach a game of cricket 
and managed to forget the vast majority of the equipment. Uh, so, <laughs> Dude, that's my understanding. So Dude, but we got you there. Yeah, hoping we can get a bit more. Yeah, boy. Yeah. There you going, boys. Long time listener, first time call. There you going? Absolutely. Yeah, we get a few of those actually, and then they never seem to call back again. Unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. Uh, thanks, thanks for being with us, Tim. Um, unfortunately, I probably, uh, I probably know what you're talking about. But if you just want to, um, if you want to give everyone else a little bit of context, and then I can fill in the blanks. I guess try and defend myself if you like. Sure, lethal. Um, we've got a proud history of uh, cricket at our school that we've been involved in for a number of years, and been very successful, and I'd like to say that I've taken some of the credit for that because I've coached a couple of teams, had some very strong kids coming through. And um, anyway, there's this young up-and-coming teacher coming through. I heard he played a bit of cricket uh, on our teaching staff, so I thought, well, this is a chance, you know, a chance for me to step aside and and show that you know, it sort of paved the way, I suppose, for the younger generation to come and take the reins. And um, so you've taken the role of the sort of chief cricket selector, coach, etc., for our school the last couple of years, and. Yeah, look, I didn't get it. I got a, a couple of, a bit of hearsay came back to me about this particular incident. Um, I wasn't actually there at the time. Um, so I probably can't do it justice, but I know that you'd be able to certainly in- encourage the you know, tell the listeners exactly what happened with that uh, fiasco a few weeks back. Yeah, I, I can. Uh, essentially, we were looking to get creative with um, with the cricket. Uh, well, we were forced to get creative. That was not actually the plan at all. Uh, we we rocked up. Um, all kids on the bus, which I thought was very good teaching. Uh, Mark, That's a good start. Mark, yeah, actually, <laughs> good start. Yeah, Mark's role and everything. Uh, and then sort of, you know, cricket kids on, bring your own big gear, guys. Make sure you've got a box and gloves. And I'm unsure if everyone even met that criteria, but that's okay. <laughs> Uh, we we rocked up at the ground and as I reefed open the kit, obviously first game of the season, hadn't checked the team kit. Uh, we were without a few key ingredients. One of them was a ball, uh, but obviously luckily that was easily solved due to the fact that we just used one that was 180 overs old and been tuned by a dog. Perfect. Uh, so that was fine. And then, and then our boys had to unfortunately come out and face a brand new Red King, so <laughs> probably not ideal. Uh, but but where we really ran into bigger issues was there was no markers in the bag for the boundary uh, and there was also no stumps. Apologies, there was two stumps. <laughs> two stumps. Um, so sort of between the other coach and I, the other coach just said, well, we'll put two stumps at the other end. We'll have a off and a leg stump and we'll have no stumps anywhere else and I was like oh I think that's a bit rogue because if you get bold middle middle peg you probably have to be out Um, (laughs) and so instead we went with one middle stump at either end (laughs) and uh, and made the kids play still the normal 10 overs from each end with just one stump at each end uh, so that you'd very very stiff to get given LBW. I did actually give one swim in that game. You get it? Yeah. Well, it's plum. Do you give someone else? Do you give them out bold who just misses the middle stump? No, nope, that's not out. Unfortunately, oh, that's not out. So lethal. How did you go when you were when you were coaching them there, lethal? Your your philosophy is about hitting the top off. Yeah. How did you go with that. Yeah, that was that was difficult. I'll be honest. We beat the bat a few times and sort of. I got a lot of complaints. So that that would have bowled him. We're like, well, boys, come on. You just got to play the play, play it as it lies. <laughs> play the ball as it lies. Um, the other issue that we had, which was a significant health and safety issue that I probably shouldn't admit to, but uh, obviously with the lack of boundary markers, we made every single student uh, take their bag, their backpack out and form a boundary in that fashion. <laughs> so that was our boundaries. Unfortunately, what I failed to take into account was that there was sort of a very good hook shot fielder at deep square leg. Obviously, one of those ones where you sort of try and test the boundary rope and he's got up and tried to catch it and landed on top of a bag, <laughs> which, which really was not good for two reasons. A, probably the guy's knee was not in great shape. Uh, and B, obviously, old mate's um, sort of laptop that he had in the bag was because significantly damaged as well. So really probably not my finest moment in terms of um, cricket coaching. But Mitch, I think, um, I think Tim actually coached a few school games while you were playing, didn't he? Uh, yeah, I think so. I was playing for Redlands College at the time. I think, Tim, you were at still at Cleveland oh, then. Yeah, um, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, I remember umpiring one time against you, and I thought this like I wasn't sure if he'd repeated a few years, but he had a bit of growth on. And <laughs> I thought, he's well advanced, and, and I had a couple of pre-pubescent lads playing in my team. I can only assume that, actually. Um, and, and um, yeah, I, I remember standing at the control end one time, and one of our bowlers thought he'd try and bump you with a shorter delivery. You were standing probably the southern end of that Fitzroy Street Oval and you proceeded to hit a pretty large stick over onto one of the picnic tables and 
And uh, I think I actually was umpiring. I, don't know, I can't remember how he got out, but I'm pretty sure I appealed at the same time. <laughs> so gave you the same time just to get you out of the way. Um, it was yeah. We, we had you lined up as as a, as a to sort of take the head off the snake, um, and the, the rest of the body will crumble. That's what we thought. So I, I think I might have shotgunned you there. Yeah, right. <laughs> Perfect. But lethal in your in your situation there, lethal. You've, you've forgotten the six P's of teaching. Mm-hmm. Yep. Are you are you familiar with those six P's of teaching, lethal? I think I'm familiar with a couple of them. I didn't know there were six. <laughs> Perfect preparation prevents piss poor performance. Right. Yeah. I've... And in that case, there you just weren't prepared, were you? In that no, case, no, you're not getting on the bus. Really struggling. That's right, mate. The worst thing was we'll that I actually I was messaging you whilst I was meant to be umpiring, saying, "Is there anyone that can bring stubs down?" <laughs> I thought I was a third umpire there one day. Yeah, and right. you re- referred to me for a decision, and um, yeah, mate. But that's all. Right. We all make those sorts of mistakes. Oh, totally. Yeah, exactly. See, how's I tried to tell you that? Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Now, now that we actually do have you on the uh, on the phone, Tim, I thought it was probably a decent chance actually to, to just speak about a couple of things that probably relate to quite a few of our listeners. Uh, you're, you're actually a junior coach of your sort of children's touch footy and cricket sides, uh, and we'll get on to that a little bit later. But uh, in your experiences, do you think that the you know that I guess that mistake uh, ranks quite highly in terms of the amateur cricket folklore that you've been involved oh. in, or have you, or have you seen <laughs> other situations that top that? It's certainly etched into the memories of those kids involved from our school, and I reckon it'll provide a bit of uh, fodder for them in their reunions to come. The time they had Dreno for cricket, and he made them put their friggin' laptop bags around the, the, the boundary. The boundary. Um, oh, look! Everyone makes mistakes in their teaching, and, and I've heard about working in TV. You don't work with children or animals, and, and you know we're working with kids all the time. And there's always funny things come up. I remember actually the first time I um on my prac lesson, my first ever prac lesson I taught would have been about. 17 or 18 years ago and we were doing a unit on I think it was psychology with weightlifting at the time and um, had the kids all broken into groups it was an all boys school I was at and all the boys in their groups and and, we, and I thought oh, this is great I'm going to get them in a small group so the teachers sees me working with different groups of kids and I had to present back on a, on a bit of paper about their thoughts about something I can't remember what, what we were talking about in regards to psychology but um, I got this one I asked this group for a spokesperson to get up and I actually saw, they actually asked, them, asked them to write their names on a bit of butcher's paper so I could get to know the, the kids' names as well. And one kid, I can't remember what, what his name was, but he had Powerball written in brackets um, as his nickname. So it might have been, if it, was, it was like Lee Powerball Drennan. Now, Powerball, I thought, oh, Powerball, I'll try and, and I'm thinking to myself here, I'm the perfect chance to try and get a bit of a story, get a bit of banter with the boys happening. I said, Powerball, who's Powerball here? And this fellow sort of reluctantly stuck his hands up. All the boys are sort of, you know, laughing into their armpits and that sort of stuff, trying to, Avoiding the eye contact. I said, oh, mate, Powerball, that's, that's an interesting nickname. How, how do they give you Powerball? Oh, no, it's all right, sir. I, I won't go into that too much. Oh, come on, mate. Give us, what's, what, what, what's the story behind that? Did you, did you win Lotto or did you win something like that? He said, and then one of the boys has finally popped up and said, no, nah, sir, he's only born with one nut. <laughs> <laughs> so that sort of, yeah, so that's an example of where, you know, it's just, um, yeah, you, you got to keep your back close to pad, and you got to be careful. There's some things that you have to control. Speaking of your thing with your missing the gear, I remember a similar sort of situation where you, you, I take rugby league teams as well at our school. I have in the past, and and you often get in the bus, and you've got no, um, you know, you've got your jerseys, you've got your drink bottles. You get there ready for warm ups, and you've forgotten your ball. And there was one instance where we forgot the ball, so a group of year nine boys and myself came up with a pretty shifty idea to 
use one of the spare jerseys and all the socks that the boys took off for their um, from their school uniform to replace their footy socks. We we rolled that up into a ball, oh, into wow. a jersey, and that became our ball to use in the warm up. That would have been um, tough to kick for touch. <laughs> I tell you what, the, the boys kicked chase in that warm up was unbelievable. Um, <laughs> their game they couldn't they couldn't boot the thing too far. It was a bit of a bludger of a ball, and we were on the song, but it didn't really help us too much in the game from memory. But yeah, there's always always plenty, and actually in cricket as well, we've, we've also. Um, we've gone, we've had all the gear, but more honest, we had one bat in our team one, one year at a previous school. So, um, in that instance, we always had to revert to the old backyard rules of, um, Drop the, the bat. bat. Drop oh, the yeah. bat. That's perfect. How's you should bring that yeah. in one year, I reckon. Oh, some, clubs, some, some club teams always look like they've got one or two bats in the team. It's just, <laughs> yeah. Every player uses a sponsor's oh, yeah. bat and everyone, yeah. every bat yeah. looks the same. We try to steal as many of Haz's as possible. <laughs> <laughs> I need one this year if you don't mind, Haz. Oh. That's right. So, yeah. There's, yeah, there's obviously plenty of those sorts of stories. Lethal, you're uh, not alone there, mate. That's fantastic. The, ne- the next thing I was actually going to ask you about, uh, I guess, Tim, was, um, you know, a couple, a couple of things. You, you teach a parent, junior coach, and you sort of have to juggle those three things. And um, I think a few people could sort of relate to, to some of these, I guess. How do you juggle between being sort of the loving parent that you have to be, but also having taught with you and having seen some of the uh, teachers in the PE fraternity? Uh, there are quite some competitive <laughs> PE teachers, like somewhat probably more competitive than the kids sometimes. Um, so I'm wondering how, you know, they obviously don't like to be beaten by their students, so I assume that that's probably something that you struggle with sometimes. How do you find that balance between your, your kids' junior sport having to make sure that you you want to win but you also want your kids to love you still that's right it's a really it's actually a really tough thing to, to get to know I get to, to try and think about like when I I wanted to be a teacher for a long time when I was even when I was growing up and uh, part of that real big interest is about coaching my own kids and um, seeing them develop through sport because I obviously grew up through sport and I loved it but now I'm here it's it's it becomes quite of a burden because it's almost like I do I do a lot of teaching stuff during the week and that's great and then you've got to back up again for the afternoon sessions and the, the weekend stuff and as soon as anyone in junior sport finds out that you're firstly a teacher and then a PE teacher you, you sort of get pushed into things and that's all well and good uh, because it's 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 something that I really enjoy but it, it is tough because like you say um, PE teachers are quite competitive. I mean, most of us, like myself, we were just one injury too many away. We've had one too many injuries. Otherwise, we'd be on the professional circuit still. Oh, right? Obviously. Um, yeah. And, and the, it's a pretty slippery slope because I'm probably one injury away from being a full-time math teacher as well. So um, there's a few things there, a few things there to consider. Um, but yeah, certainly some of, the, some of the people that I work with, um, they do have a bit of white line fever. Um, and when they cross that line, and you still have to try and contest, contest against these kids. Um, I mean, when I'm coaching my kids, um, it's, it's a dilemma because I'm a competitive person. I like to be successful. And even though it's an under eight or an under 10 team, you think, oh, how they're performing is a bit of a reflection on how I'm going. Um, as, a, as a coach, as a coach. And, and you don't want to get yeah, sacked right. from your under eights, team. <laughs> oh, mate! As soon as you get the full support of the board, you're in strife <laughs> and that sort of thing because you're going to get the knives out. Um, but this tough, and like often, often you find yourself you, you have a public persona and you have to talk to the kids. You talk to kids in a really positive light because you want them to enjoy the sport, you want them to um, enjoy the benefits, the health benefits of being involved, but you want to be successful as well. And it becomes a bit of a, a, a moral quandary, I suppose, because you say these right things to the kids because you can know their parents are listening. And then it's like, okay, kids, two minutes for the game, huddle up, you bring it in tight, and you bring them in for a real quiet chat. And that's when you start, that's when you start laying, and, <laughs> laying the law down about tactics. Okay, forget all that stuff I said before about playing nice, this is what we want to do now. <laughs> so it's probably not the best mentality sometimes. But um, yeah, it's, it's certainly a, a moral dilemma. And, and I've actually found myself, oh, to some extent, it's almost like you become a, a bit of a ventriloquist out there because you know those those comedians that get up on stage and they and they try not to move their mouth and they got the dummy moving away next to them. I feel a bit like that, like a coach in the sideline because I find myself encouraging our kids in a really vocal voice. And if a kid's on the team's doing something that's a bit dirty, I find myself legend out of the side of my mouth <laughs> and and just trying to tell them to pipe down a bit or, or get, get just a couple of little subtle hints to the referee about maybe getting people on side or. Subtle things like that. So yeah. it, it, yeah, you're just it's a helping. bit of a moral. I'm just yeah, creative. Yeah, often. And the bad thing is, sometimes they're kids from our school who are refereeing, um, and they're getting a bit of advice, a bit of free advice out of ours. I don't charge them for that. Um, so yeah, it, it is. A, it is. It is definitely a moral dilemma. Um, 
and I'm still sort of finding my way through it. The kids are enjoying it. I'm enjoying it this day. At this stage, um, and I think eventually my kids will probably get sick of hearing my voice uh, at home as well as on the field, and I'll probably go after other coaches maybe. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's quality. Yeah, right. Uh, Tim, so I mean, we've heard plenty about your, your teaching career. Obviously, you've got quite a few tactics there. I was wondering what you, what else you've sort of done throughout your career like prior to teaching. Have you got any any big success stories from earlier on in your in your employment? <laughs> <laughs> Not really. I've, I've probably had a couple of little gigs going through school. I was a boarder at my school, so I picked up some part-time stuff just on weekends. And one of the things my brothers and I used to do is we used to um, deliver the old Bayside Bulletin, Redland Pond newspaper around local suburbs throughout the Redlands here. And it it wasn't too bad in the winter, but you used to go driving around Dad's old VN Commodore, um, and you'd be in this sea of newspapers in the back seat, and you're dead set. You can just see your shoulders out of the car, and the rest of it's like the papers. It gets really hot and sweaty back there. The papers, the the actual... The plastic starts sticking to you, and you get real. It's very, a very humid sort of um, environment. And Dad's keen and I am to get this job done, so he's scooting along at a fair rate of knots. And the pressure's on. You're like a scrum half trying to flick the ball out to your five eight, getting rid of these papers. <laughs> and occasionally, when it's all around over your lap and on the on the sort of seats next to you, easy enough to get that distribution happening. But when I, when those rogue papers get under the front seat, and you sort of got to go into the ruck and flick them out real quick. <laughs> What I found was we'd, we'd go to grab one and because of this sticky paper and you're sweating it up back there, you'd go to release it out to the back line and the paper goes and you got left with a little plastic sleeve in your hand and you, and you look like you've dropped the buddy catch in the slip because you got, you're looking at your hands going, what's going on here? And then all of a sudden you hear Dad say, oh, mate, you're right. Everything all right there, mate? And as you look around, you can see this almost like seagulls in the background that's been it looks like a, a seagull flying in the rear vision mirror it's just paper just spewing out all the bloody pamphlets and all the stuff going flying in the background yeah dad we're fine there but one other thing i say quickly is um the only other job i've had before being a teacher is um working at the local woolies um here uh, sort of going through union i used to work in the produce section there happy days but i was also trained as a, a checkout chick so occasionally the old service 80 call would get sprung through the shop and um that was always when you had to go duck for cover because that means that it was really busy. You had to go to the checkouts really quickly. I used to avoid going to checkouts because you used to get a score back uh, from standing up in the same place yeah. um, for you know, a long period of time. But anyway, as I'm, I'm, I get called to the checkouts and they're saving away. No, I've got through the first matches. I got through the second one. I'm a chance to go and no, there's still people more lining up. And then I, got, I, I finished this really big load. And as I said, I used to get this score back. So as I've gotten rid of that cluster yet, thanks for coming. See you again soon. I've sort of arched my back. Sort of, I put my hands into the lower, my lower back and just sort of stretch back like you might try and stretch your stomach and sort of pinch the shoulders back and then the next sort of movement is to flex at the hips and try and roll the shoulders forward and sort of bend over. And as I've done that, I've looked up and I've said, oh, g'day, miss, how are you going? And sort of bent over and stretched my back forward. And um, and it was an Asian lady who was there and she said, oh, good, sir, how are you? And she bounced back to me. And I'm going, oh, jeez. Um, wasn't expecting that. So anyway, I've gone to, I've proceeded to serve her and happy days, whatever. And then um, I sent on Mary way. And then sure enough, I got sent back to the produce after that soon after. About two hours later, I got a call up to the manager's office. And I thought, oh, what have I done here? <laughs> so I've headed up to, to the manager's office, feeling much like I was at school, getting about to get called to the principal's office, thinking it's going to be bad news. And then when I got up there, um, the, the manager at the time proceeded to tell me how impressed he was with my service of, 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 um, of our customers and my cultural sensitivity in serving customers and as, as a result I got this lovely $30 brushes if I should to go and spend at the local brushes store um, because of my cultural sensitivity and, so, and I had no idea what I'd done and I, I went back and replayed the series of steps beforehand and and that was it, the old switch in the, the back to, to the say good day to the, um, the lady. So, happy days. But oh. was, that was years and years ago. At least his reward wasn't for you to be like a full-time checkout chick from then on. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's a real I lesson know, in right. that. Real lesson in that, yeah. Tim, that everyone should do their stretches. <laughs> that's right, exactly right. Particularly, yeah, when certain people are walking past. Yeah, just pick your target. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, Tim, that's magnificent. You've, uh, we, we thank you so much, obviously, for writing into the show, for listening, uh, and then for getting involved. We've, we've really loved having you on, mate. Thank you so much. Pleasure, boys. I'm going to go have a drink of alchemy right now. Oh, good boy. That's outstanding. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Thank you, Tim. Thank you. See you, lad. All the best.
Thank you very much, guys. That was uh, Tim and listener of the show, obviously first-time caller, as you heard, but it just goes to show how we do love people communicating with us, uh, and there is obviously one place that they can do that, and that is the wegotthechocolates.com.au website that Skinnled has created. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Skinnled, we also have a new idea, or I guess thing that we want to try and launch now. It's, it's obviously a thing very close to Hazard's heart, uh, and we've heard a little bit of chat about this in the past. Uh, but we, I guess, inspired by Christian Welch last week, uh, the interview that we had with him, he spoke about uh, how he'd sort of, I guess, what did he say? He spoke about this type of thing, actually. Let me play. That, that, you know, and every sports team's got the got the bloke. It's the tightest bloke you've ever met in your life. Oh, and Sam Hazlitt. We've got one of the... <laughs> So that was the chat that we heard from Christian. So we uh, we had a little bit of chat about this, and obviously you remember that uh, Christian sort of brought up the fact that there was one particular story about him uh, wearing a hoodie and and, and taking that back, returning it the next day. I think I actually have the audio for that as well if we need it. Uh, But obviously, has you've found yourself on the end of a couple of nominations of, of this sort of chat before. I've got one clip or grab to play for you there as well. Sorry, man. Obviously, we haven't branched out to the gymnastics section. Has has been too busy talking about rock climbing and surfing, so we haven't got to gymnastics yet. We'll get there eventually. Yeah. Oh, that, well, that doesn't surprise me. Two things that are free to do: surfing and rock climbing. <laughs> yeah. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to be on the podcast with the most fiscally responsible person in Australian cricket. It's a nice way to put it, isn't it? <laughs> nice. That was uh, winding yeah, back was to right. episode 15 there with Luke Feldman, uh, who is involved again as well. Uh, so, has what we want to launch here, and we've got the all clear from you, uh, is a tote team, basically an 11. We're cricketers, I guess, so we're going to try and keep it at 11. Uh, but the tote standing for the tightest of all time uh, is the is the 11 that we want to try and look for. Uh, we've also made it very, very easy for people to send in nominations to obviously go with Christian Welch, who's already nominated his friend Dane. Uh, we've already obviously had Sam Hazlitt nominated. Uh, Mitch, can you explain a little bit more just about how that is going to work for us? Uh, yeah, I can try. It was it was your initiative or idea, really, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to get your word count. Being, yeah. Oh yeah, thank you. Um, but yeah, I've, I've sort of been in charge of trying to build the website, so I sort of had to put it in there. But basically, if you if you go to the website, we got the chocolates.com.au and scroll sort of right down to the bottom, um, where there's always been a little just sort of getting a contact form just to get in touch with us. You can send us an email. There's now a new edition where you can uh, send in a voice recording. Basically, right. so you'll you'll see a little start recording button. Um, I haven't actually done it myself yet, so I don't know what well, goes on. But yeah. luckily for you, Skinner, someone actually has done it, um, and th- this voice will sound familiar again. Has, uh, but uh, this is someone that we have got to test it out for us, uh, okay. and they've got a nomination in for our third member of the Tote Eleven. Hello, we got the chocolates. Luke Feldman here, <laughs> long time listener, yeah. first time caller. It's not actually true. Um, it's been I'd on like before. I'd like to submit my nomination <laughs> for the tightest of all time eleven, and what a great concept that is! I'm sure all your listeners are going to get behind it, um, but it might might surprise you. My nomination isn't going to be for Has, because I, I, I already assume Has is captain, coach, and bus driver. Because <laughs> let's face it, he's not spending any extra cash on any of those luxuries. Um, my nomination is going to be for former teammate and. Premiership winner of the Brisbane Grey competition for two clubs, Valleys and the Gold Coast. It's going to be good mate from Townsville, James Spargo. Uh, my nomination for James is that he turned up to a club fundraiser uh, with his own alcohol. So no money going over the canteen for the club. <laughs> Can't wait to hear all your nominations. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you very much, Luke Feldman, for trolling that out for us. So that's how easy it is, Has. Uh, people can get online there. They can get on the We Got The Chocolates uh, website. They can go straight to the bottom or the Contact Us section. Uh, they can record their own voicemail. And obviously, we are going to get some selectors involved uh, to make sure that we do pick the greatest 11, the tightest 11 uh, from the nominations that we receive. Uh, probably has to be a 2020 team because obviously more lucrative uh, more cash involved in the 2020 <laughs> competition, so we'll try. We'll try and make that uh, well known as well. What are your thoughts, Has? Yeah, no, I love it. I love it. I was going to nominate uh, another teammate of mine of the Queensland Bulls, Bryce Street. Um, Outstanding. Until you said it was a 2020 team, I think he's uh, <laughs> he's made a name for himself for being uh, taking up quite a few balls out in the middle. But uh, yeah, he's uh, yeah, he's definitely one of those. He 
He's always bringing breakfasts on tour with him. He'll bring cereal in his in his bag uh, when we go play in Perth or we play in Adelaide or whatever. He'll he'll bring wheat bix in a in a plastic container on <laughs> to, uh, down the trip. He always going to Woolworths to buy dinners instead of going out to restaurants. So he's <laughs> certainly one we can add in there. That's good, Mitch. If you got any that spring to mind, um, I, I do have a. a Tight individual that springs to mind, and I assume if Dane Weston's involved, it's not strictly a cricket team. No, so no, no, I'm, not a cricket team um, at all. No. Yeah, okay. So, so one of the blokes at work, I'll, I'll use the chance to give him a bit of a shout out. Although I won't name and shame him because I'm not sure how proud he is of this. But um, anyway, <laughs> he, he cops a bit of stick for this at work all the time, anyways. Um, and he he's been caught. Well, he uh, he admitted to it. it. It sounds like a sort of criminal activity to me. But he he basically goes into Coles. Uh, fills up a bag of almonds, takes them through self-serve and scans them as dried apricots. Oh, that's <laughs> the so reason you're not naming and shaming him. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's his tactic. Um, and then also he's uh, just a, a very good negotiator. So he's moved in, I think, to a new apartment a few few months ago now in, in uh, well, I won't say that, wherever he lives. Um, <laughs> um, and was having the trouble of trying to connect up to some sort of Wi-Fi, right? So trying to deal with Telstra or Belong or whatever. And, and just he basically he got in, he still didn't have any Wi-Fi um, and he just decided he was just going to use his phone data until he found a, a cheap enough option. Um, and then realised that his neighbour runs an Airbnb. There were just always sort of people coming in and out of this airbnb that sort of hit like in the the unit upstairs or whatever it is um so he's gotten in contact with the owner of the airbnb to organize pretty much bumming off his wi-fi in exchange for making sure none of the airbnb guests damage the property or anything like that so he that's that's sort of a way that he's managed to save money he just gets free wi-fi and has to check upstairs every now and then we can't put him in our list of 11 if uh, we don't know his name no well that's true (laughs) we'll have to get a written nomination off you at some stage so you might have to let him know he's in the firing line when you get to work tomorrow uh so that that should give our listeners just a, a great example of sort of some of the nominations that we're looking for we will get a little graphic for you on social media so to keep an eye out for that on our socials uh, and we very much look forward to your nominations there we've tried to make the process as easy as possible for you well, that will be well some. Lee you've uh, you've gone from being a part-time teacher to uh, now to, to pursue your career in podcasting that's true isn't it well that that is true yes that is true so I've mm-hmm. gone reverse tight ass because <laughs> I've given up all <laughs> options for making money well <laughs> I mean seeing as though now you're doing that you might end up being on this list you know until the podcast goes worldwide you might have to find ways that's to correct yeah, oh, yeah. that is true yeah. I have been looking for ways to find money to yeah, save money already uh, and I together. find myself a lot quicker to ask Mitch to pay me back for stuff like dinner tonight now oh yeah have you done that uh Yes, I have. Although I don't think it was enough, to be honest, because I'm You're a pig. <laughs> also need to be in the times of all time. I sent you the last like twelve dollars in my account. Yeah, fair. Sorry, has you're We're still working full time, aren't you, at the moment, Mitch? What's uh, how are you traveling on that front? Uh, yeah, still going. Everything. I, I think our, our work's sort of strange. We've just sort of just carried on as if nothing's happened. I think, and, which has probably made me. Uh, nervous about the whole social distancing thing. Yeah. I didn't even realise the 1.5 metre thing until you pointed it out because I've been sitting a lot less than that away from the blokes I work with for <laughs> the last couple of months. So that was, Have that we was ever great. mentioned where you work? Because we're going to get a lot of people in trouble with <laughs> Yeah. Well, you work for a clothing company. Yeah, let's say that. Okay. So, yeah, does yeah. the clothing industry really count as an essential service to society? Like, what's what's going on there? I don't know. I wouldn't have thought so. I thought I was in in some real trouble when that got announced. To be honest, but I think the definition is anyone that has to go into work in order yeah, to keep their right. job counts yeah. as essential. So, it's a pretty loose definition. But I don't no, think I was surprised. Are, yeah, I don't think people are going to like rip or stain every shirt they have in their house before lockdown down is over. And, well, we can't have know. people walking around butt naked though, has as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, true. if they're locked down in their house, doesn't matter if they've got a stain <laughs> yeah. on their shirt or something. <laughs> that's true. Well, that I'll tell true. you, I'll tell you what business is essential and, and is still up and running for those yeah, in need. I was yeah, wondering, yeah, I was wondering where this was going. <laughs> well, I mean, Alchemy Cordials, of course. Oh, I mean, uh, as an individual, you can still visit their website, order whatever you fancy from their range of coffee syrups, classic cordials, smoothie bases, chais, frappes, superfood elixir. Yeah, right. That's good. That's very good. That's true, actually. And that is essential, to be fair. I mean, I have tucked into a chai tonight. Uh, I mm-hmm. gave that a chai. What in the world? I've gone three <laughs> tonight. Oh, uh, quit it, would you? <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> um, and, uh, and the chai was magnificent. Skinnel, any you've had? Evening. You're looking actually quite this sprightly. Evening. Yeah, you are looking up and about tonight, I would find. Oh. Word count up, so I'd assume that something has gone into the system. Yeah, well, that I'm I'm flattered, but I was actually going to take the opportunity to complain about your use of my coffee machine because no, I haven't had a, any <laughs> beverage this evening because I came home and found, tried to make myself a coffee and found that 
half of my bloody portafilter basket thing was in the bin. So that was well, nice. That so actually serves you right for not making yourself a little turmeric latte okay, <laughs> where you wouldn't right. have needed the coffee <laughs> basket. Even use, even use the Acme bottles as a phone stand. I'm <laughs> using it here to record ourselves. Yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Holding up the, cam- the camera there. Yeah, so really skinned. You had that coming. Bad luck. Okay, yeah, it was all my fault. Ah, skin. Here is one that we have been waiting for with seriously baited breath. Yeah, right. What a tune. It's been a while. Yeah, <laughs> heard that. Yeah. Um, all right. So, skin stats. I obviously there's no sport going on at the moment, so I've sort of had to look for stats elsewhere. Mm. Just um, uh, can I interrupt the, for the new yeah, listeners that, out there? Sorry, skin on. <laughs> for the new listeners out there. Skin stats hasn't been a segment for a long time. Uh, no. The whole premise is basically that Skinnold is a science freak uh, slash mathematician, looks at spreadsheets all day. Uh, so <laughs> we try and <laughs> we we try and sort of utilize his skill set and give him a segment that he excels in. Is that well summarized? Learn a few things uh, off him. Mm, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I think it's overly generous, but sure, that's that's the idea. Yeah. Okay. Um, Anyways, don't be so humble here, Skinner. There's no time for that. Okay, yeah, true. Yeah, true. We are running out of time. Let's go. <laughs> um, so we, what did I say? I alluded last week that it was sort of coronavirus related in the absence of sport, um, and there are obviously plenty of stats that have come out of the, the coronavirus situation. Um, for those unaware, we're up to I think just over three and a half million cases at the moment, Jeez. and nearly two hundred fifty thousand deaths, which is obviously. A big issue, right? Um, Huge issue. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a similar amount of people that we're at Wellington Point today as well. So, uh, Yeah, um, yeah, surely. Uh, <laughs> it's also a large issue. Sorry. <laughs> Good candy. Looks like I could get interrupted one more time. I'm in the first <laughs> paragraph. Up, Anyways, what was I saying? Anyway, so Australia sort of seems to be getting things under control, which is, which is nice. Um, but... Uh, but yeah, I've, I've obviously been checking sort of all the updates. You can go to the John Hopkins uh, University website and they've got a nice little map and, and plenty of graphs and stuff. Um, and you can have a look at pretty pretty live updates, I guess, every day on, on how, where the situation's at. And I've noticed that there's always a logarithmic graph um, of, of the number of cases as well as sort of the normal standard, stock standard linear graph. Um, so I wanted to sort of take a chance to discuss that. I figure it has you, you might might be sort of clued into the difference between a logarithmic and a linear graph. But for any anyone like Lethal out there that probably isn't, <laughs> <laughs> might be worth discussing. Is that is that for uh, yeah, Lethal? Fair, yeah. yeah. Um, so basically, on a, on a linear graph, if you if you look, it's just you know it'd be the normal number of cases after after each day sort of thing. So if you if you move up a certain distance on a linear graph, then you also move up a certain number right so you might start at zero move up the axis one centimeter to get to 10 and then another centimeter to get to 20 and again to 30 and so on and so on and so on which is nice because that's sort of intuitive and, and linear and that's sort of how we we think um which is, which is great normally but it's not always a very good representation of a situation for example a virus which doesn't uh grow or spread linearly it, it spreads exponentially exponentially right so for example, I think the coronavirus, on average, if one person has it, then they'll pass it on to three people. And then, obviously, all three of those people pass it on to another three people each. Right. With me? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, right. So it spreads quite quickly, right? And you can imagine if you started with one person, you would, after a few days, it's sort of like thousands of people are gotcha. adding. So gotcha. if, you, if, you were trying to, if you were trying to graph that and keep sort of the, the nice small growth in at the start, but then also the hundreds of thousands of people adding every day, towards the back end, it would end up being like almost a vertical line going up and you wouldn't sort of really be able to differentiate. Okay. I wish our listeners' count would go up exponentially like that. That would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're not wrong, Haz. Yeah, we're, ju- we're just in the in the early days, mate. It'll, we'll yeah, get there. Haz is going to go vertical. Um, but yeah, anyway, <laughs> after this chat. So, so basically, if you're looking at that sort of vertical line of the exponential growth, it's just not really showing you very much. You can't really tell exactly what value it's at at certain days and stuff. It's just not all that useful, right? So you might use a logarithmic scale, which basically, rather than every time you go up a certain distance on the graph, rather than adding a number, you're multiplying by a number, right? So you might start the axis at one, go up a centimetre to get to 10, which is the same as the linear thing. But then if you go up another centimetre, you'll get to 100 rather than getting to 20. And if you go up another centimetre, you'll get to 1,000 rather than getting to 30. Right. With me? Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, right. So then if, you, if you're plotting something like, like the spread of, of the coronavirus, by the time you're getting to sort of the millions and stuff, the 
you don't need to go up very far at all to cover the the huge gaps that are happening every day. So it sort of flattens it out and just get, gives you. It's just an easy way of looking at a really massive spread of data, and it gives you a nice indication of like when you've actually stopped or, or managed to slow down the spreading, right? Because if you look at a graph of say the US, I think every day they're still finding like twenty or thirty thousand new cases at the moment, which is quite scary but if you look at it on a logarithmic scale you can really see that it has done flat out and and it's so they've actually managed to slow it down a little bit which is which is nice yeah that is good okay yeah i was unsure of how that worked so that makes sense yeah i'm sure you were really wondering about it i just had to take the chance to explain that Mm. interesting Uh, stuff interesting you know you need to be able to read graphs politicians are always throwing graphs at you like trying to prove things but you can find any graph to (laughs) prove prove what you want can't you yeah there are plenty of great examples that we don't like to get too political but i remember seeing so many debates about like climate change and stuff and um what was that old that i think a q a show and they had an english physicist come on brian cox um and there were politicians just throwing graphs oh that was funny anyways we might be able to get that in the show notes or something that was that was good but yeah there you go all right that's that Lovely skin on. Very, very good. Very handy. Thank you. Pleasure. Uh, fantastic. Now, we are going to move on to... Uh, this is one that we actually put out on Instagram a little while ago, I would say has, uh, but it requires me to play this intro. Lassoed by Tallis. Look at Tallis. Look at Tallis. He drags him. Yeah, so it does relate to NRL. We, we put out a question on our social media pages. So we said, what would you change if you were in charge of the NRL? Uh, controversial topic. You know, everyone has their ideas of how the game should be run. Did you graph this, by the way? No, I didn't do a graph. I just did a list. So. If you were going to do a graph, were you going logarithmic or what's the other one called? Linear. That's right, linear. I don't know, maybe just a bar graph. Chris Linear. <laughs> I have to go bar graph for this one. Okay. Um, so first off, we've got Adam Johnson who says he wants to make players or clubs honour contracts because people are always, you know, leaving their contracts halfway through the four years or whatever it might be. So. I don't mind that. Yeah, that that's sense. a good idea. What seems hard to do. Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> Individual <laughs> cases. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Dixon decreased the pay gap between the top and bottom paid players. Uh, which is an interesting well, one. I mean, yeah, we're seeing a bit of chat about that, like even within tennis as well at the moment, aren't we? It's sort of like obviously John Millman, who we interviewed, has been talking about this for years. He spoke about it on our podcast. And there's guys like Dominic Team out there that are saying, oh, well, the guys that are coming 800s in the world don't try as hard, so I'm not giving them any money. Yeah. Um, so there's definitely some different ways to look at it. Yeah, right. it's a tough one with how much you re- how you reward those um, top players, you know. Yeah. I haven't thought about that far enough to comment, I don't think. Uh, ben Heinrich, I think that's how his yeah, that's perfect his um, Allow it fights, NHL style. Um, get them, get it out of their system. Sim bin them for 10 minutes and get them back on the field. Uh, you know, a bit of a bit of a biff here and there is all right. Tell you what, that would Jeez. bring some crowds back. Yeah, oh, they used to do it a lot. You watch those old Origin games and it's just biff. Yeah, they didn't even get binned for it either. Yeah. <laughs> like, all right, boys, and kick for touch. <laughs> Uh, Josh Neal have a concussion reserve uh, for a player ruled out by the doc. You know, might be a good idea. They do that in cricket now, don't yeah, they? So yeah, that's right. Get Marnus in the first NRL concussion stuff yeah. as well. Yeah. Uh, Hugo Brown better enforcement for better crowds and have more teams. I don't know if you dilute the talent by having more teams, but um, I don't know how you can ensure there's better crowds out there. But uh, yeah, it'd be nice if there was great crowds every every so game. About better Quite crowds, better, we mean in terms of security. So it's going to like more well behaved. Is that what we're talking yeah, about? Yeah, probably. Is yeah. that what he meant, or does he mean get more? I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Jackson Todman um, wants him to stop acting like soccer players, which has crept in a little bit there. Trying to the milking, get like milking milk penalties. penalties. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, Matty Campbell, my dad, and myself all uh, said we should play more games <laughs> at regional grounds, at smaller grounds. You know. The, I still love that you write back to the ones <laughs> that you put up. <laughs> that's, yeah, well, the, that's the main thing I've taken from that. <laughs> wanted, to, wanted to be noticed. So, uh, Are you hoping that one of us is going to write back to you? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I just wanted to remind myself, you know, don't, don't forget it if I put it in my own segment, don't do I? So, no, very true. Uh, so, yeah, get the game, get the game to re- regional areas. Uh, Mac Triffitt have a state of origin tournament, including other states as well. So he wants, I guess, a WA team in there and a... Perth, oh, sorry, I forgot who said that, but a, a, a South Australian team and a Tasmanian yeah, okay. team. I don't know how they'd fare yeah, against yeah, South Maybe, maybe you give like Islander players to them if, if they're from Tonga or Samoa, play, uh, yeah. let them play yeah, for yeah, those yeah. teams. What about oh, that makes sense. Um, Malcolm Lack, uh, players should get remunerated based on performances. 
Oh, okay. Mm. I guess they could do that now if they wanted to. Super coach type system. Would yeah, be very right. tough to do a salary cap in that situation. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, true. And does that, does that sort of contradict the idea about decreasing the pay gap or would that, would that increase the pay gap? What would happen? I don't know. It depends how you... How would you make like stats worth... Like yeah. would a tackle be worth yeah. a dollar and how minutes you play you could do Cameron Smith would still be on some serious coin in that yeah. case. Yeah. But I think that would that probably would decrease the pay gap. Because I mean Cameron Smith obviously would rack up some serious stats, but would he rack up like that many more than Yeah. Well how do you quantify the yeah, quality of those that's stats right. though? It'd the quality of the tackle or the quality of the pass or like whatever. Versus it is, someone so. that like kicks a field goal when the game's on the line in the semi finals yeah. or so like yeah, yeah, it'd be hard to know how what counts as a good performance, I guess. Yeah, true. Mallow has also said that the longer you play at a club, the less your salary should count towards the cap, which I think is a great idea. That's actually brilliant. Um, yeah, They've got to try and find yeah. a way to do that, I think. And Eloise wrote in. Um, she wants a, a wise <laughs> words with Weez segment. Um, so <laughs> wise I don't words. know what that has to do with NRL. <laughs> I think we just had a wise <laughs> words with skin segment. I think that's what the skin segment is. That was proper is, wise so. words there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I wonder what sort of wise words Weez would be offering. I don't reckon they'd be the same type of wise words. No. no. Weez, anything? You got any ideas off the top of your head? <laughs> so that's, that's no absolutely nothing no further thought gone into it at all uh, but yeah that's that's about it for our responses um what do you think of the criticism the nrl has uh have had recently about you know poor handling of their money you know versus the afl maybe yeah it seems the afl is going to come out of this with a lot uh a lot more respect intact by the look into if you listen to obviously the the media, it seems as if AFL probably are looking in a better light uh, as opposed to the NRL who's sort of had chairman quit, CEO quit and everything else. So, um, But then I think like Cricket Australia is under, under fire from a few players as well about their handling of money and the ACA trying to get more. So it seems like this whole um, pandemic has just sort of brought out, brought that into focus, I guess, is where the money actually goes. Must be tough, like... You know, the NRL is competing with AFL, but also competing against Rugby Union, and you know they they both want to spend enough money to make sure they're the the top football code at the time. You know they probably think if they don't spend the money, then they're going to slip and they're going to end up getting no money coming in because the other codes are going to spend the money and and be the be the top code. So I guess Rugby Union's really struggling. They're probably struggling the most out of the yeah, three. They and, are struggling, and yeah, sort of falling off a cliff a bit there. So. True. Yeah, tough. Very fair. Tough ones. Um, now, has you are actually going to take us through? There are, even though there's not much sport being played, there are still a couple of sporting talking points that people would want to know about. Uh, and you've ones. tried to highlight a couple of those interesting ones. What do yeah, you got? Yeah. Well, recently the Australian men's cricket team took over as the world number one ranked Test and T20 international side. Only a few days ago that was announced. Um, despite not having played mm. a T20 in over I don't get two the months, T21 and a Test in uh, over f- in about four months. So yeah, that's right. Yeah, right. Was that last test? Our last test was new. New Zealand, yeah, in like January, yeah, wasn't it? end of January, yeah, probably started January. Started January so. so, been a while, but I guess it's, they must do some sort of like a rolling points system where some, mm. even though no points have been added on, because like, no recent games, some must have fallen off the back end. And mm. um, little article I read on cricket too today has that you might like to uh, like to listen to uh, a professor. I won't name him because some of the things are quite silly. Uh, <laughs> professor, a, resi- a renowned physician in Sri Lanka, has proposed the use of gloves by on-field umpires and face masks for the players when we return to cricket. What are your thoughts there? Well, I mean, I'm sure umpires could wear gloves and face masks if they want and be okay, but I don't think the players are going to be doing that. I'm probably going to wear a face mask under their helmet. Yeah, I don't think... Not be able to I, breathe I, at all. I think, uh, I think you'd get an interesting answer if you asked Luke Feldman to wear a face mask <laughs> on a cricket field. I'm yeah. not sure he'd be too happy with that. Yeah, absolutely fair. Um, and then the, the one where I really think he loses me here is... Um, so players should definitely stop applying saliva as it's very infective in relation to COVID-19 and it's a very unhygienic anyway. Uh, and in the future, the elbow bumps and fist pumps um, will replace the high five for wicket celebrations. Um, any thoughts there? Well, maybe the butt taps will... Sub- <laughs> will uh, yeah, maybe it's already signed to overtake it, so... Yeah, um, no, that's true. Yeah, that is true. Point. Actually, Skinner, um, by the way, I did... Sorry. No, you go, actually, because mine was not as important. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know how important mine is either. I was going to say, if, if everyone, like, if umpires were wearing gloves, would that actually help all that much? Because then, the, like, the gloves would just touch everything that their hands were going to touch, anyways, and would end up spreading it just as. I guess easily, they're just saving they? themselves. That's all. They're just saving, saving themselves. themselves oh, yeah, right, but not really helping the spread. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. No, I wouldn't think so. They're sure. not going to. They're not going to rub sanitizer on the ball. I don't think. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, skin also new skin stats segment for you. Okay. Uh, as you get older. 
do you get less fit? Uh, because I went down and did some wicket keeping training today to shoot a couple of videos for a cricket coach, Spud. Mm. Uh, and I did this drill that I used to do. He used to do with me when I was 16, this 40 catches drill. I think you've done it before. Yeah, yeah. Um, and honestly, I nearly went into cardiac arrest after it, and I used to think it was quite easy. So I feel like that's really not saying a lot. Obviously out of season, uh, yeah. but I don't think I should be struggling that badly. Yeah, okay. Well, I can have a look at it for you. I will say, I mean, I don't know what your workout regime's been like, but in, in lockdown, <laughs> since my gym membership went on hold, I have done nothing. So that yeah, could that, also be another contributor. That could be factor. a factor. That yeah. is true. <laughs> Having said that, I have been drinking a lot of flat whites, so you'd think my energy was up there. Uh, probably also a few beers. Apparently alcohol intake has increased during lockdown. Yeah. So if that's been apparently alchemy intake has also increased, <laughs> saved them. What in the world? Okay, that's, <laughs> not, that's a pun. Oh, carry on. That's um, another one: the New Zealand Warriors are now in Australia. However, without the services of Nathaniel Roach, who has stayed home with flu-like symptoms, you know, I wonder what it's going to say in the casualty ward explanation there. Like player Nathaniel Roach injury flu. Time frame, season ending. Season ending <laughs> flu. That's true. Eh? Yeah. The season ending flu shot. It's a bad injury nowadays having a flu. Very fair. Uh, and former UFC middleweight champion Luke Rockhold uh, says he was walking his dog the other day and there was a sick woman lying down at a, at a bus stop when he walked past. A fascinating story. Obviously not that initial line, but yeah. then what you're about to read. Yeah. Out of nowhere, the <laughs> woman got up it. and started chasing him and spitting at him. Whoa. And then these are his words describing what happened next. And as it got close to me, oh, oh no. I just reared up uh, with just a vicious front kick Whoa. and launched the thing in the air just like instinctually. And the thing just went up, landed on the ground and literally started quivering like a vampire frying in the sun or something. Whoa. <laughs> Do we know if this guy is a drug addict? Because <laughs> that really sounds like he is on some sort of serious... Uh, how would you say illicit substance? I yeah. would suggest. I think it's good that he was a fighter right. as a, as a job yeah. because he wanted, needed to get his aggression out somehow. By the sounds of things, yeah, by yeah. kicking the thing outstanding. <laughs> Very that, good. That story uh, just got weirder and weirder. I told you. I tried to warn you. <laughs> it was like every line, my eyes were just going. What is happening? <laughs> it was loose. I don't even. Where have you found that story? Has by the way. Uh, I think Fox Sports posted it actually. So a lot of people have heard of it. But oh, right. <laughs> yeah. okay, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, now, uh, best on ground. It's the difficult oh, yeah. one tonight, uh, but the charts are heating up. Uh, obviously, yeah. a lot of guests getting the votes. Yeah, they're comfortably in the lead. Skinner holds this up to Millman. the camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give Millman us strong. Millman took the first one. Yarns the second, I uh, think. Welch, and then Welch the third. Has it got one sticker? Has it snuck well. in there? Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, well, we can have a debate about who it's going to tonight. We've had, mm. obviously, the three of us have featured quite heavily. We also had a call from Tim, and then yeah, even, Tim a little, strong. even a little voice input from Feldman. Feldman uh, as well, jeez. It's all, yeah, you can't get the votes for 59 seconds worth of content, though. Yeah, okay. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm so happy with that. Him so we can Tim, was, Tim was very good. I think, uh, yeah. I don't want to don't talk too highly of him, though. I think he might take my spot on the podcast. If he yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yep. So yeah, we do have to do true. shit. Well, we know that Haz can't get it because we can't let him go two up. <laughs> yeah, good point. Yeah, so it has a, to be. That's you two are working against me. <laughs> <laughs> we can't give it to Has because, uh, yeah, yeah, that's fair. We don't want it to get, you know, just ridiculous there for us to try and catch up on that gap. Well, um, I can't say you were poor on the buttons. Been. I can't say you were poor on the buttons tonight, Lee. I think you were quite good on the buttons tonight. So, yeah, that's oh, true. come on, Actually, boys. Here impressive. it is. Here it is. That's usually, that's usually still got the outro to get through. This. You <laughs> usually struggle with that, but that's well, right. I think I've really held the team together, has with my work on the cameras. If you haven't noticed, I've downloaded an app that lets me control one of the cameras from the table. So he's talked to you. So you guys saying that I'm the swing vote because you're you're not. You guys are not going to vote. I'm voting for myself. Mitch is voting for himself. It really is actually your... You can't you vote for yourself, vote. so you're voting for each other. Okay, right. I'm voting for Mitch. Either way, you're the deciding factor. It's a lot of pressure. It is. Well, don't oh. overthink it. Just give it over here. I think... Uh, oh, I think Skin Stats has got skin over the line tonight. Oh. So now, that was a pretty good segment. Look actually. at me. Oh, yeah, yeah. True, actually. The big return. That can't go The return of Skin Stats is huge. Yeah, That's true. Okay. Thank you, Haz. Happy nice. with that. Happy with that. That is fair. I'll, uh, I'll let you go there, Skinner. I'll obviously save mine for next week. Uh, we'll probably have another interview, actually, Haz, won't we? So there's a fair yeah, chance yeah. the guests will get that. Yeah, well. <laughs> ah, right. damn it. I'm we'll struggling. Yeah. That's right. Okay, guys, that is the outro song. Uh, elevators need rock too.
And I'll tell you what we need, and that is to wrap up this particular episode. So thank you very much once again to all that were involved. Thank you to Luke for getting involved there. Uh, we do remind you again about the Tote 11 and getting your nominations in there. Go to our website, please, which is Skinnled. Uh, we got the chocolates.com.au. Yeah. Isn't it ever? It That's is. right. Uh, perfect. Um, and then we also obviously would encourage people, as you've seen, just to connect with us as much as possible through our social media uh, means. Has where would they find us? Instagram, Facebook, we're on YouTube, so you can check out some videos there. Great thumbnails being made there as well. Leasing, yeah. leasing a troll at TikTok. There's a few videos up there you should check out. I've almost got a dance here, guys. That's going to be good. <laughs> so That's yeah, going to be keep, strong. Keep involved. Fantastic. And obviously, as you've seen, right in with any great stories that you have. We love hearing from you. We love talking about you. Uh, so if you do have some quality stories, uh, we will probably look for an opportunity to get you on board. We love having other voices on the podcast as well. Uh, is there anything else we need to mention, Skinner? There's a couple of things usually in terms of where you choose to listen to us, either Spotify usually or Apple Podcasts. We'd love yep. you to obviously subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Uh, give us a rating as well. That helps immensely. And Skin, we usually ask people to just... You know, don't be selfish. Just share it. If yeah. you like it, yeah, spread the word. Why not? Spread the word. Um, don't leave it all to us, obviously, because then it looks like we're quite, you know, arrogant. <laughs> we need your help. <laughs> fair? Yep. Indeed. Very fair. Oh, awesome, that. guys. Uh, we look forward to speaking to you again this time next week. Thank you very much for tuning in, and good luck in the future. See you, guys. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Stopped.